Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This week, we will look at the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, some of you may know that story. It has very many lessons to it, but I wanted to specifically look at certain sections. Let's turn to John chapter 4, verses 1 to 42. It's a very long passage, but trust me, it's worth it. I absolutely, absolutely love these stories. I think I just love the Gospels because of just reading how Jesus, you know, just... I'm always like, I know I may have been one of those, you know, sometimes I take myself back and I'm thinking, if I met Jesus face to face those days, would I have really known he is the Messiah? Um, I know, I'm like, hey, my sinful self, I would have been like, hey, Omse, by the way, Omse, any prophet. Yeah, to see Jifanya, will be those ones, oh, Jesus, you're like, oh, happy. Will be those Pharisees or those, eh? those other ones. Anyway, all right, John chapter 1, I mean John chapter 4, sorry, verses 1 to 42. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, or Samaria, wherever he went to school. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sika, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Please note, Jesus got tired. Yes, he was half man, half God. So, choka. <laughs> when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Um, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And if you go and decide to read the context, um, Jews and Samaritans, and that's why we even have that one, um, the man who was helped was a Samaritan. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a, di- for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Where? Some deepness, depth. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. I'm sure it's not getting get aquamist or whatever, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. I am sure this woman was da- going under the well if she could, you know? Those ones of wa, umse ameniona, ameniona. And she's covering herself, thinking, woo, nimepatwa. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. 
Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and, in his, worship, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. He, he, yeah. Verse 27, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Of course, they can't ask Jesus that. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back, sorry, the, yeah, the ad-libs are mine, not in the Bible. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? Eh, clearly they were not shikaying things. Anyway. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months till, until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. And now I want us to focus on verse 39 to 42. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. <clears throat> and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. This story has lots of lessons that we can learn from, um, but I just want us to focus on, you know, towards the end, where Samaritans believed just because of this woman's testimony. Now, this woman, I mean, so, I mean, there have been very many interpretations of what by, you know, she has had five husbands. You know, some people were like, did she divorce, marry, divorce, marry? The others were like, was she a mistress? Um, but the fact that, you know, God saw her, but he's not focused so much on the fact that she has had five husbands, but to tell her, you know, the water that you're looking for, I can quench it. Um, you know, I am the one you're looking for. You've gone looking for this in men, but this is me. I'm here to um, give you that satisfaction. And for her to meet Christ at that time, as I told you in the context of that um, setting, the Samaritans were not, perhaps you'd say believers, you know, the Jews really hated them. Um, as you can even see even earlier, she's saying, you know, we worship on this mountain and we're waiting for this so-called Messiah. Um, but you know, God at that time is, you know, speaking to her, and through her testimony, as you saw there, many Samaritans came to know him. And you know, to the point they were so hungry, 
that they even asked Jesus, please stay with us, Kiasi Bana. We need to know you. We need to figure out this thing. And just because of this one woman, who I'm sure many maybe even didn't know her story, many didn't even, um, or maybe even some of them knew her story, but they had looked down on her, but many came to know Christ through her testimony. Just a few things we can learn from this is that God sometimes uses very weak and unlikely instruments for beginning and carrying on a good work. He does not, there's this famous saying in Christianese that we like to say, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And so you may be feeling, ah, my story is so shameful or some of, for some it's like it's not all that, but he uses those, he, that's what he wants to use um, to carry on this good work. Um, when you look at this woman who literally would be ashamed to society, but Christ used her, and just because of her, he stayed on in that town just a few more days uh, because she went and told everyone, guys, I have met the Savior. I have met this man who told me all about my, you know, what my issues were, but at the same time, he saved me, um, and, you know, I have found him. Our Savior, and that's Jesus, by teaching one poor woman, spread knowledge to a whole town. And so this one lady... Um, was used by God uh, to spread, you know, the good news all over Samaria. And even through this effect, the Samaritans' faith grew. Um, they believed him to be the savior, not only of the Jews, but for the world. Like he didn't, you know, most people thought, hey, that is the savior of the Jews. And I think even, if I remember very well, was it the, on the cross, you know, this is the king of the Jews, because he was put in that box. But now, because of this woman, they were able to see, hey, clearly he came to save everyone else, not just the Jews. And so that way they were even able to even hear for themselves this Christ. So I want to give you more reasons as to why you should share your testimony. God's word tells us to share our hope as a believer. Um, there's something about when you're a believer in Christ, you have a hope that no one else has, and there are people who are seeking it. First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But, please remember, do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So I can imagine if this lady, um, and I'll, refer, I'll keep referring to the Samaritan woman because that's a key text. Um, if she went and said, hey, you guys are such sinners by the way, but me, I know, me I've been saved. So, by the way, the rest of you Samaritans keep worshiping on that mountain of yours. Me, I'm heading over to the Jewish sites. Um, you know, would guys really have known Christ and would have people really understood his message? But she went and said, guys, come, come and see this man who I've met, who told me all I have done, but at the same time is offering, you know, living water and eternal life. And so as you share your hope, as you share your testimony, like, yeah, by the way, I'm saved by the Lord. Yeah, the rest of you die in your sin um, but you know if you don't cross over to this side do it with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience 
so that even those who see the transformation in you, you know, don't slander you and don't speak maliciously against, you know, um, what you do. You know, there are those people who say, eh, uyuni holy joe, as in they say it sometimes in spite, but you know, when you come and share your hope, the reason why you, hope, you have that hope um, with respect and gentleness, it removes fear. And we have seen it in Doris. It removes fear and gives courage. Doris was not feeling the story of sharing her story. But, um, you know, when I recount what he has done in the past, it gives me even more faith and courage to live in the present. This Samaritan woman, despite the shame that she carried, um, had the courage to go and tell people about Christ. You know, um, despite her shameful situation, I know we've seen some testimonies, whether online. So I also love, I absolutely love testimonies because it's just something it does. It reminds you, you know, of Christ and what he can do and what he's doing. And so you see some testimonies of, I have a friend, a personal friend who had given her testimony years back on family TV about this long, you know, her life before Christ. And she said how she had had sex with multiple men like to the point that she she thinks they are over a hundred, you know? And she was like, hey. And, and that whole, I remember watching that and I was like, wah, 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 wah. But she was confident and she said, you know what? I met Christ and I'm whole. Some of you may not see me as whole, you know? But he made me whole. And so it removes that fear and that snini of, shame and it gives you the courage and remember even the thing the point i gave last time that it frustrates the enemy's plans because if there's anything that the enemy wants is for you to live in fear is for you not to share your testimonies not to sh of you to share the hope that you so hold um but when you confidently go and say you know this is what the lord has done for me or oh, i have met this man who has changed my life um it removes all that it also creates transparency within the church. And please remember, the church is not the building. The church is us, the community. The more we are honest about mistakes uh, or challenges we faced um, in the past, the more other people can relate to us. There's just a natural tendency for us to look as perfect as possible on the outside so that we hold that, the things that we've gone through within us. But hiding that is a lie from the enemy. But sharing them brings them closer to more intimate and real conversations. I like how Doris ended and said, you know, I'm not yet, I'm not yet there. But you know, it makes us feel, eh, by the way, by the way, I might be coming here to church thinking, oh, I love Jesus with all my heart, you know. Ukondani, like, oh yes, by the way, I need test. Um so there's that transparency. When Lawi is able to share the challenges he's going through with his marriage, you know, you don't feel like, as in, you know, you're able to have more intimate and real conversations as believers, but at the same time, we're able to edify and encourage each other. How do we grow in our faith? And finally, we become a resource for others. This is something about stories, about how God has worked in your past that helps to encourage others who may be going through something similar. They see in them a hope that they long to have. They feel a connection with you. Um, and then it's, you're able to also help others um, walk through certain journeys. 
So maybe there was a parent here who has special needs. We have so many special needs parents. There's Rose, there's Esther. Now we know of Doris. So that if you know, if you're ever going through a similar situation, I can walk with them because they, they kind of know my story or they can see it. And so your story can be a key to unlock someone else's prison for somebody who's maybe just bound and wondering, hey, how do I get out of this? Because God uses people as his hands and feet. Yes, he speaks, but you guys are his hands and feet. So the more you share your story, the more you're able to be a resource, um, not just to the church, not just to outside of this church, but even to the world around. Amen? Amen. I have one more memory verse. Yes. Um, Psalm 119, verse 46. Psalm uh, chapter 119, verses 46. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. So if you're going, whatever it is that you're going to remember, even, even if you've not perhaps reached that point where you're thinking, I have gotten out of that rut, um, just know that as long as you're testifying, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the struggle, um, he will cover your shame, but you'll also point so many to Christ. And so many people in this world are looking for hope. They're looking to be encouraged. They're looking to be edified. Um, but if you point them to the man who provides living water that they will never thirst again. The man will give them the food that they need. Um, it is through your testimony. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.